That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pesky poll podcast. Now, this is very weird for you guys for two reasons. One, this is a Wednesday. All right. We don't record on Wednesdays. We always have our weekly Sunday episodes, obviously the Lord's Day. So this is kind of weird for you guys. I do know that, but this is going to be something I'm going to start doing because the second reason this is weird is because obviously I'm by myself. All right. And I know this is going to be a complete and drastic change from what you guys are used to with your favorite idiot, Ari. If you guys didn't see the last episode, the Pat Light episode, episode 43, Ari is no longer with the Pesky Pole podcast for now. Now you see, I completely understand from Ari's perspective. Ari has a lot of stuff going on in college. So, you know, he made the best move for himself. I completely understand it. I am in no way, shape, or form mad at him. I'm just going to keep rolling. We are not ending the pesky poll podcast because this is one of my favorite things to do. I never had a love for really being in front of the camera and doing podcasting before, but ever since Ari and I have started it, I've truly fallen in love with doing this and talking to you guys at least once every single week. But for now, we're going to be making that twice a week. The main question I have is, is there enough content to get us through two episodes a week? And I think there will be. Now, let me tell you guys, this is not going to be a usual thing with just me here. This will happen anytime I don't have a guest. Some Sometimes it might happen, you know, once a week on a Wednesday episode when I can't get somebody in here. You know, sometimes it might not happen for a full month and I'm just consistently bringing in guests every, you know, every episode and like every fourth or fifth episode I'm by myself. You know, that might be the thing. We're just going to take it as we go. And I just want to say before we get started, a true thank you to you guys who have stuck with me and who have stuck with this podcast throughout. If this drastic change, if Ari was your favorite, which I know to a lot of people he was, and you don't want to listen anymore because Ari is not part of the podcast, no feelings lost. I completely understand. Nothing against you guys, of course. But with that being said, YouTube, you get to see this beautiful face as is every week and with more faces coming in the future. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications. Spotify and iTunes. I hope you guys can just go through with just listening to my voice. I've been told I have a nice voice, so why not hit that follow button to make sure you get to hear this voice. And like I said, many others every single week now, twice a week. With that being said, follow the Instagram at pesky poll podcast. And let's get right into our first, not necessarily bit of news, but first thing I want to talk to you guys about, which is an article from CBS Sports that says 21 fearless predictions for the Boston Red Sox in 2021. Now, I'm going to hopefully be able to share this with you guys. Now, I'm hoping you'll be able to see that. It looks like you can. So, the first thing that it says is 
Alex Verdugo will be an all-star in 2021. I completely agree with this. You know, like it says, kid averaged 308 last year in his first season with the Red Sox. I think just with the slow accumulation of fans coming in, this is going to allow him to get a lot more hype. You saw he was trying to get hype last season. He was trying to elevate everyone around him to be like, yes, we're doing something good, something great happened, let's go. It was like watching a college kid or a high school kid bring that same sort of energy. But it wasn't reciprocated, mainly because this team sucked, and you know it just wasn't a good combination for this team. Number two, Andrew Benintendi will not be an all-star. And that one to me is obvious. I want to change this one to, will Andrew Benintendi be on the team throughout the entirety of 2021? And I know my little sister will kill me if she's listening out there. But to me, this is a no. It is not. He's not going to be on the team come the end of next year. I see Andrew Benintendi starting for this team in left field. Being really good, eh, decent, probably around a 250 to 260 range. You know, not that many extra base hits and on-base percentage somewhere around like 350, eh, somewhere in that range, and making him good enough to be traded away. Next, Chris Sale will contribute in 2022. Now, I saw the first three after this. I don't know what's happening, and I hate how this article automatically scrolls for me like that, but <laughs> we keep it rolling. So... Obviously, we have not seen Chris Sale since around 2019. The end of 2019 was the last we saw of Chris Sale. We obviously did not see him at all in 2020. And it's looking like he's not going to even be back on the field till July. I see him coming back slowly, obviously. You know, somebody with that kind of injury, and I've spoken with people with, you know, not career-ending, season-ending injuries like that. I think it was Cade McClure who had an injury in his knee. If you haven't checked that, go go check it out. I think he tore his meniscus and something else in his knee, and it kept him out for the entire season. You're not going to come back at that same height that you were when you started. You're going to come back, you know, ish. You're going to come back at like 50 60%. Just look at how Kevin Durant started if you're an NBA fan. You know, in those preseason games, we weren't seeing the exact Kevin Durant that we know and love. But... As the season's progressed, yeah, I know we're only eight games in, but he's slowly and surely come back to that Kevin Durant that we have loved. All right. And eh, for anybody except Thunder fans, number four, J.D. Martinez will bounce back. Now, with J.D. Martinez, last season was a terrible, terrible season, as it says in the article, hitting just 186 against fastballs. That's not the J.D. Martinez we as Red Sox fans have grown to love. That's nowhere close to what we have seen off of him. So, with a 361 rate, though, in 2018, I don't see him... Obviously, J.D. Martinez in 2018 was nuts. All right, that is going to be nowhere near replicable. That's going to stand for so long that J.D. Martinez is going to be... A great, great outfielder in the, just that stellar season. Not outfielder. He's not that great a fielder. A great DH. We'll say that. A great DH. Right? So, he's going to continue to be this great DH. I see him batting probably around a 260 range. You know, this season was around a 220, I believe. Correct me if I am wrong in the comments. But this season was a 220. 
I see him maybe in the, yeah, like I said, 260 to 270 range, probably getting his usual amount of home runs and all that good stuff, but not being nearly as good as 2018. Oh, this one confuses me. Rafael Devers will finish top five in the MVP race. Now, this I could see having a little bit of bias to it. I could see, because this person says, I will make this prediction every year until it comes true. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. All right, was the 2019 season for Rafael Devers a fluke? Is the question. Was it just a one and done? Because obviously last year he had a great season, but it was nowhere near what we expect of Rafael Devers based on that 2019 season. Will that continue or will that kind of fizzle out? Is It's a great question and you could be on either side of the argument. I'll actually post this on the Instagram later and see what you guys think about it. Will Rafael Devers go back to what he was in 2019 or will he stay closer to that 2020? In terms of top five in the MVP race... I don't think so. All right. It was surprising that Alex Verdugo even got a vote for top five in the MVP race this year. But I, I just see too many players that are above him in that race that he's not going to be able to outdo for the 2021 season. Yeah, this one I can kind of see. The Red Sox will not sign Tomoyuki Sugano. And I just realized that Spotify, you're just hearing this, but... The Red Sox will not sign. That I will talk about later because I have it as one of my future segments. So we're just going to skip right past that. The Red Sox will sign Corey Kluber. And for my for Ari, who's out there, oh, I hate that ad's going to sit. Whatever. Um, the Red Sox are going to sign Corey Kluber. And I think it's going to be a little too much more than he's going to be deserved to be paid originally. But I think he could come in here and make a general impact. We already have a fairly old bullpen and uh, but we that was last year this year we have this brand new youth movement you know Tanner Houck Connor Siebold Nick Pavetta um uh, excuse me one sec. Garrett Wicklock all these guys that are coming in to create this youth movement in the bullpen does oh did I click out of the article Sorry about that. <laughs> but with that, with Corey Kluber, I could see him being a true mentor towards these younger guys. And as obviously you guys see, this is my first time working with ScreenShare on Zoom. Because I'm going to be by myself sometimes, I'm deciding to switch over to Zoom. And plus it'll make our um, future guests a lot easier to access in. But this should be... I think he'll be back. I don't really see any other teams that could really, you know, give him the opportunities that he's looking for, like the Red Sox. So, yeah, I see him coming in. This is another one I like. So, oh, my God, this article needs to go away, or this footer. The Red Sox will also sign Jake Odoruzzi. Ari would also really love that. And I think these are two big moves in free agency. You know, we got Whitlock out of the Rule 5 draft. We got Matt, Matt Andreis, right? We might get Puig, which is something we'll look into a little bit later, but Jake Odorizzi and Corey Kluber, I could see this really happening. I would actually be really excited. Will it take away innings from our younger guys? I say no, because it's looking like the MLB is going to start on time. So we will have our 162 game season. Hopefully keep your prayers up for it, but 
I would really like to have Jake Odorizzi on this team and see what he can do. Next, JBJ will leave in free agency. Now, we've talked about this a couple times. For the OGs, they know how close in my heart JBJ is to me. I took a picture with JBJ. You know, it was the last season, or it was the last, um, what you call it? It was the last game of the 2019 season, and I was lucky enough to be able to take a picture with the great JBJ. But, you know, there should be a good market for him, I think. Right? He's he's a great. I don't know what I just did. Like I said, technical difficulties. But there's going to be a big market for JBJ come this offseason. All right, the Astros are very big into him. Uh, the Blue Jays, if they're looking, if they don't get Springer, I can see the Blue Jays maybe, you know, coming in on that. But sadly, I think he's gone. And that pains me to say that sadly he might be gone from this team. But, hey, you know, if it happens, it sadly happens, you know. We'll we'll bounce back. Jaron Duran looks great coming through this minor league system. We also have some other guys like Jason Rosario, um, uh, Michael Geddes, who's coming up, who we just got, I think, off of waivers from the Padres. And there's one more guy. Um, I always forget this center fielder's name. Uh, Marcus Wilson, the 24-year-old center for us. So we have a lot of young prospects coming up. So if JBJ does leave, it's really not the end of the world. I'm actually kind of okay with it. You know, he deserves a better start. We cannot give him a championship caliber roster this season. He deserves to go somewhere that could potentially give him that championship contending roster. Jaron Duran will start in center. Yep. Just like I was saying, I don't see this happening. He will not start. He might be in the MLB, but he will not start. That is going to be Alex Verdugo's spot. Now he really got acquitted and got really used to playing that right field role, but with the signing of Hunter Renfro, I think, yeah, center is Doogie's. Renfro's going to take right. He's going to get used to that. He's going to be our new Kevin Pillar. As y'all know, sweatshirt of Kevin Pillar right here. The boy, Pillar. Right. We'll get used to putting Renfro in there. I really want Kevin Pillar back. I miss Kevin Pillar. Drop a like if you miss Kevin Pillar, too, if you are on YouTube. Brian Mata will help out of the bullpen. Yeah, I don't see, if Brian Mata were to start, I don't see him as a starter. I see our starters being, I'm surprised they still haven't signed Perez back. But, you know, we have Ivaldi, we have um, Garrett Whitlock, we have Pavetta, we have Hauk, we have um, Erod. We got, if Erod starts the season, hopefully he does. But we got plenty of starters, plus with the signing of Kluber that could help out, right? We might see a six-man rotation for this Red Sox, and I'd be actually fine with that. I wouldn't be too opposed to that, right? But if Mata were to come up, he would be, and he is one of our, oh, I don't like that. He is one of our um, young guys that I forgot to talk about who is coming up and is really going to help us. Matt Bar uh no, 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 I don't like it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't like it. In all honesty, I would rather have Evaldi switch back to the closer role like he did in parts of 2019 than have Matt Barnes close. Matt Barnes is known for blowing leads. It's him and it's Chapman. They have been the memes of this channel for a long time. Right? I don't see this happen. I, it's probably going to happen, 
and I don't like it. All right, that's my final verdict. It's probably going to happen, but I don't like it. This one, I do agree with. Bobby Dahlbeck will win the first base job outright. I think at this point, we do not have a viable second base option, or at least one that's starting caliber. We have a couple guys that can maybe slide in there, and yeah, you're okay. You know, you're not bad, but Bobby Dahlbeck should be first. Chavis should be second. Obviously, Xander and Rafi on the other side. And in your outfield, it should be Benny for at least the first half of the year. Doogie Renfro. And that's still, uh, with Vasquez behind the plate and with JD being our DH, that's still a top 10 offense. Like, you can't tell me that's not a top 10 offense. The problem, once again, with this year is we're going to lose because of our pitching. And that should be obvious to a lot of us. Hunter Renfro will hit 20 of his 30 home runs at Fenway Park. Now, the question is, will Hunter Renfro get 30 home runs? I'll say yes. I can say if he is the consistent starter and plays at least 145 out of 162 games, we will see Hunter Renfro hit 30 home runs. 20 of them at Fenway Park, I can see that happening too. Hunter Renfro is a very, very right field hitter, right? A lot of his big bombs are to right field. And that works with Fenway Park because if you look at a diagram, the pesky pole, you know, pesky pole is only at 280 feet. I believe 280. It's either 280 or 320. It is very, very short. And then slopes out to, I believe, 380 once you hit the bullpen, right? So if he can master the same thing Johnny Pesky did and rope it around that pole, he'll be more than okay. And I can easily see him hitting 20 at Fenway Park. If you guys can hear the phone ringing, I apologize, but ah, oh, this one hurts. Ari, where are you at, my guy? Dustin Pedroia will retire. Now, with Dustin Pedroia, it's looking like the Red Sox are trying to make a um, kind of lower contract with him to allow him to sign a one day with the Red Sox to retire. We love Pedroia, man. If you go back and watch the last episode, the thing I got Ari for Christmas, I got him a signed jersey cut piece of a Dustin Pedroia card. And that card goes for like 75 bucks. Uh, that card is not cheap, but it was for Ari. And for those of you guys who don't know, Ari and I have known each other since he was nine years old and I was 10. He will always be my brother. So he deserved it. All right. Erod will need to be eased back into things after COVID. Obviously with myocarditis, right. he's going to have a lot of problems. So I do not expect him to be the ace right off the bat. I expect him to be maybe our fourth or fifth starter, if not coming out of the bullpen, which is more than fine. This is not going to be a winning season for the Red Sox. There is no need to push him. Let him come back at his own pace. Let him just ease himself into being our starting pitcher again. And hopefully he can just bounce straight back from there. Right? I'm really hoping. Ooh, Nick Pavetta will leapfrog Tanner Houck on the depth chart. Now, hmm. This one I never really thought of. I see them more, you know, combining and being a real tandem hit, either as our four and five guys on the starting rotation or both in the bullpen. I don't really see one blasting out over the other. Nick Pavetta, right? He had a four ERA in the minors. And like I said, the real piece of that Workman Barnes trade was 
Connor Siebold, right? I like Siebold more than I did Pavetta. But once Pavetta got the call up last year, he showed us a lot of great things. Tanner Houck did too. Tanner Houck came in here and basically was a righty Chris Sale, right? Both of them are going to be great for this Red Sox team this season. But if I had to pick between the two, if I said I need to release one and keep one on the team, honestly, I'm keeping Tanner Houck over Nick Pavetta. Debate that in the comments. Who are you thinking? Nick Pavetta or Tanner Houck? I'm actually very interested in that. Now, this one is one that I've been on for a while. All right, this one has been something that I've been very big on. Christian Vasquez will be traded. Now, this is no hate to Christian Vasquez. I love Vasky and everything he's done for this team over the past four years, four or five years that he's been on the team, but it's time to move on. And I was thinking Rays, right, because they need catching. They would give a lot to get a catcher. But now I'm kind of thinking Phillies. And seeing the gems that um, Haim has been able to trade for, you know, he got Garrett Whitlock out of the draft, who looks like to be a very promising piece for our rotation, right? Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebold look to be very, very good for us, right? We have a lot of guys who he's traded for that can come in and really, really make a difference, right? Michael Geddes is another guy he signed. This guy is very good at prospect talent. Just look at the Rays, right? Look at the Rays farm system. All right, minus the guys that they got for Blake Snell, that farm system is loaded. It's going to be something very interesting to see, like what the um, what Christian Vasquez can be traded for. But I think he can go to the Phillies, right? And there are two reasons I say Phillies. One is because they need a catcher, right? They don't really have um, what JT Realmuto maybe going somewhere else. I don't know what's in, what's the word on JT. I haven't heard anything, but with him out. Right, you have Bryce Harper there by himself. They're looking for maybe another catcher. And with um, Dombrowski being the guy over there, and you know how much our Red Sox fans love slash hate Dave Dombrowski. He is <laughs> he's something else. We'll say that much. He is something else. But Christian Vasquez should be traded, possibly to the Phillies, possibly somewhere else. I can't wait to see if he is traded, what Heim could potentially get for Christian Vasquez. Right? Nathan Avaldi will get oh Nathan Avaldi will get hurt. I I don't like that. I don't like even talking about injuries, but we all know injuries are part of the game. The injury gods will get their people. That one I'm not really going to comment on. It could go one or the other. You never know. Anybody could get hurt. Vasky could get hurt. Rafi could get hurt. Avaldi could get hurt. Anybody can get hurt. All right. So that one. And I don't really like talking about um, injuries. And this one I can maybe see. The Red Sox will make a late summer run but miss the playoffs. I can see this team, if we were to play a full 162-game season, I see this team going probably 75-89. and 75-87, my apologies. 75-87 and 87 is my guess for this Red Sox team come uh, whenever the playoffs will start October. Or late September, early October. That's my prediction for them, right? This team has got some good pieces, but isn't ready yet for a playoff run. We're still coming off the highs and the glory of the 2018 World Series. We still have a lot of people we're paying. We're playing Manny. We are paying Manny, for Christ's sake, right? He is in Australia and is 48. He has not played for the Red Sox in over a decade. All right, 
we're still paying Manny Ramirez, right? That one hurts. Not going to lie to you guys. That one hurts, right? So hopefully we'll be able to make that late summer run, miss the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, that's awesome. You never know what's going to happen. Tampa Bay obviously lost Blake Snell, but the Blue Jays are on the up and up. So I can see the Blue Jays maybe coming in there and stealing that spot too. 21 fans will return to Fenway Park. And let me tell you, they damn better return because you know I'm going to be right up there where that dude is in the blue T-shirt with his hands up. All right? I've actually been there. I've actually sat right where that dude is. Right? Me and my boy Adam, who is the host of our Fumble Rooski podcast, and will be coming on here very, very occasionally. Right? Funny story. We went to see the Red Sox versus his twins. Right? I got a sweet deal on some Green Monster seats. But my little sister couldn't go with me, so I'm like, who am I going to go with? Now, my friend Adam, right, him and I were roommates, but we were randomly assigned to an apartment. So I had my room, he had his own room, and my ex-girlfriend and her best friend had the double room in the apartment. Him and I really didn't get to know each other, but I said, yo, you interested in coming with me to this game? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So we went, we had a great time. J.D. Martinez almost hit the game-winning home run. They're down two to one with a runner on second or a runner on first. Uh, JD comes up, hits the bomb about 30 feet away from where we are, hits off the top of the monster. Whoever the Twins outfielder was with an absolute cannon to get, I think it was Chavis out at home plate to end the game. But we better be allowed back at the games. Oh, that's going to kill me if we're not. That's going to kill me. I need at least one more while I'm still in Massachusetts. For those of you who don't know, I live in Tennessee currently. Used to live in Maine, but currently live in Tennessee. That's why I'm a Red Sox fan, not a Tennessee fan. Right? I'm not an Atlanta Braves fan. Nah, I'm good. We bleed Boston all the way. But my college, Dean College, represent Dean College one time, is about 45-minute train ride away from Boston. So whenever I want a game, I can hop on the train and just go and watch. You know, it'll cost, it'll be a $30 day, right? On a cheap day and for nosebleeds. But that'll be a $30 day to go watch the Red Sox, so. That is my twenty. Or that is the twenty-one predictions of Red Sox, and hopefully, most of those will come true. Most of them. All right, we still don't know, but the next little bit of news is the Red Sox ended up picking up a pitcher for a minor league contract, and his name is Daniel Gossett. Now, from what I've seen, Daniel Gossett doesn't look too too bad. He is going to be a minor league guy plus get an invite to spring training so he can maybe jump up. This guy was actually drafted by the Red Sox in 2011 in the 16th round. I do want to send him a message and see if I get him on the show. Y'all know, we trying to get everybody on the show. If you work with the Red Sox, if you're part of WEI, I'm trying to get everybody on this show. So hopefully we can get a lot. This guy's six foot, so still a very well-sized pitcher. Uh, from what I can see, does he look like a starting pitcher? Yeah, he is a starting pitcher. So hopefully he can come in in spring training and, you know, do something good. The problem with Daniel Gossett is he has not pitched since 2017 or 2018. 2018 is the last time he's pitched. So he's been off of baseball for two years. He's never played for the Red Sox professionally. Uh, he played for Oakland in 2017 and 2018. Only played five games with Oakland in 2018, though with a 5.18 ERA and pitched to 0 for 3. And 2017 wasn't that much better. 4 4 and 11 record uh with a 6.11 ERA. So you know, I mean, 
at this point, I'm willing to give anybody a shot. If you can come in here and wow us, great. If that doesn't happen, no, nothing lost. You know what I mean? Nothing lost. So I'm really looking to see what he can do. Hopefully he can come in here and do something great for this Red Sox team. Speaking of people that we could potentially bring in, right? Ari and I have had many fights about this, about this one player coming to Boston. And I love it, and he hated it the entire time. That would be Yasiel Puig. Now, with Puig, right, he's... You could, you could be on either side of the argument for him. You know, you can either be, oh, I love Yasiel Puig. He brings such a spark. He's not afraid to go out and get dirty. Or you could say, oh, he's been in so many fights. He will not help this team. He will mainly hurt it. And right now, it's looking like the Red Sox, Yankees, Astros, Marlins, and Orioles all seem to be really competing for Yasiel Puig's services. Right? He did land on the Braves last year, if you don't remember, but he got tested um, for uh, COVID just a few days later, and he never played for the team. So, I don't know. Hopefully, he can come in here and do something great for this team. I don't know. I'm really hoping for it. All right. But... If you think about it, though, does that hurt the development of some of these younger guys? I say no because maybe you bring in, uh, let's say you bring in Puig, right? You have Puig, Renfro, uh, Doogie, and Benatendi. Bring up one more guy to be a backup outfielder, probably Jaron Duran. Bring up Duran, right? Let Wilson, Michael Geddes, and um, Jason Rosario be your outfield in uh, Worcester, which y'all know. We hate the name. We hate the Woo Sox, right? It's so... it. The logo looks like something out of a kid's Happy Meal, all right? Go look it up. Go look up Worcester Woo Sox. If it's still the same logo, it looks like it just came out of a kid's Happy Meal, all right? That's, that's all I'll say on that. But <laughs> with that being said, right, you can keep those three guys down in Worcester. Let them still develop. Let them get all the playing time in the world so that way... You know, next year you let Puig go. You may, I'm, my prediction is Renfro gets traded at the trade deadline along with Ben Attendee. Those two guys get traded. You let those guys hop up. So, you know, you get Renfro, Doogie, Duran, Rosario, Wilson, and maybe um, Marcus Wilson. And that's maybe your six outfielders, but I'd keep that five. But it could work either way. If he doesn't come in, you let a prospect come up and you let them get the majority of the backup playing time. If not, you let the prospects go back down to AAA, give them a bunch of playing time, and then mine is the first, and obviously Ari's was the second out of those. But I don't. Uh, the MLB is a very confusing place. All right, If you are a brand new MLB fan first, this is the place to get all your Red Sox coverage that you will ever need right here in one place at the Pesky Pole Podcast. I strongly suggest so you listen to other podcasts, as in Section 10 and the Gone Bridge podcast. So Section 10 is obviously the biggest, but myself and the Gone Bridge podcast seem to be the other two very small guys that you can really listen to and learn a lot from. And I mean, hey, we got to start somewhere, right? All of us are very, very new to what we do, right? And that's why I started up the brand called Amateur Hour Sports Network. We're all a bunch of college kids that don't have a lot of professional experience in this. So that's why I'm starting out as the Amateur Hour Sports Network. Rolls off the tongue, you know. But this Red Sox team could use another pitcher, we could all say. And though we think it's going to be Corey Kluber, and um, I'm, I'm completely blanking on the other guy's name, that Jaco DeRuzzi, right? Even though those guys can maybe come in here. 
another team, a rival, might be losing their guy. Masahiro Tanaka might not be coming back with the Yankees. Now, this is a report that just came out, and him and his agent are both... Um, Tanaka said himself, quote, At this stage, we are not limiting the teams we want to play for next season, but we are thinking about all the teams that are interested in us. Right Now, the Yankees have already told Brett Gardner and Tanaka that LeMahieu is their number one priority. They're doing everything in their return, in their power to get LeMahieu back. And it's looking like it's between LeMahieu and... Um, uh, for LeMahieu, it's looking like it's in between New York and the Dodgers. So it might be one of those two teams. I got him maybe going to the Dodgers because Justin Turner out. They're going to do everything in their power to either get him or Rizzo. And either way, the Dodgers are going to be overpowered once again next year. Oh, I hate the Dodgers. Y'all, if you're all true Red Sox fans, you already know. I mean, you can support Mookie. I support Mookie, and I hope Mookie wins. But I hate the Dodgers. All right. I can, it's, I can do that. All right. You can do that. We all can do that together. It just makes sense. I mean, this team that we did trade him to LA, it's not like we, it's not like he just said, screw us and went and signed with them. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But with Tanaka maybe being out there, there are a lot of teams that could use Tanaka. Right. Do I think he comes into Boston? No, but that could really insanely shake up the, um, the Yankees, right? They have power on power on power on power on power. And that's an obvious, especially if they get LeMahieu back. He's that contact guy that can really help them get at two strike scenarios. But this team is really struggling on pitching. I mean, if they lose Tanaka, we already got um, Garrett Whitlock out of them. You know, we got a lot of guys and they're losing guys. And the guys that they have aren't that great on the pitching side. Garrett Cole is not living up to that money in the slightest, right? We can all agree to that, right? Martin Perez was almost better than Garrett Cole this season. That shouldn't be something really out there. Garrett Cole did not live up to his money, nor does Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton does not live up to his money in the slightest. Bryce Harper does not live up to his money in the slightest. You know, all these guys. You know, the only two guys that really live up to their money that make that make that bank are Mookie Betts, Mike Trout. Because those are the two greatest players in baseball. Obviously, they deserve that money, but we could see a real shakeup when it comes to the AL East, right? The Orioles are going to Oriole. They're still going to suck. All right? I know they got rid of one of their other guys that we talked about two months ago. Oh, it was their outfielder. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But the Orioles are still going to be the basement. They're going to be, they're going to suck, right? But I really see nobody in the AL East getting above 87 wins. Is that crazy to say? Maybe, you know, 82 and 82 is 500. Right? I don't see any team going over five games above 500. If you were to ask me right now, I'm going to assume Tanaka does not sign with the Yankees. Right, And you were to ask me right now, how do I see the AL East playing out? I see the Yankees getting 86 wins. The Tampa Bay getting 82. Uh, Blue Jays getting 82. Red Sox getting 75. And the Orioles getting 66. Watch that come true. All right, that's coming true. I'm still clipping this. All right, this was filmed. This is filmed on January 5th. All right, this should be up January 6th. If I'm not lazy with my editing, which we all know I always am. But that's my AL East prediction is Yankees 86, 
Tampa Bay and Toronto both being at 82. Red Sox at 75 and or 77. Do I want to say 75 or 77? And I'll say 75. All right. 75 and 87 will be there. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. And whatever. 81 and 81 is 500. I'm sorry. 81 and 81. I'm an idiot sometimes. All right. I just pulled a complete R there. All right. Yeah. I see them. I see Yankees finishing 86, right? Toronto and Tampa finishing at 82. Boston finishing at 75. And Ray 66, we'll say. All right. But speaking of those Blue Jays, and this is why I see the Blue Jays going up, right? They officially put a multi-year offer on the table for George Springer. Five-year deal. Right, we don't know the exact number though, but it's reported well under his 150 million dollar mark. Now, is George Springer worth five years 150 million? Absolutely not. George Springer is not at the same level as Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts got about 30 million dollars a year. Yeah, Mookie got a 10 for 360 or a 12 for 360. I think it was a 12 for 360, is what Mookie got. Right, that's 30 million a year. George Springer and Mookie Betts should not be getting the same amount of money annually right now. George Springer should be getting a five-year, $100 million deal. $20 million a year. Very, very good for a guy like George Springer. Well-deserving of that money. And I think that really works out for both sides. He gets his money. He's locked up until he's 36. And the Blue Jays get a solid, really good outfielder for the next couple of years. How his bat's going to be, we still don't know. Right, Last year was terrible for him and the Astros in general because, you know, might have cheated to get those really good numbers. But... You can't question George Springer defensively. That's going to be something that's always going to be there, right? Going over to the Dodgers, though, and um, Mookie. Well, not Mookie, but Dodgers lost somebody who's looking like they're not going to get back and they're looking to part ways with, and that's Justin Turner. Now Justin Turner has, last year, a 307 batting average, 26 runs batted in. Four home runs, which in a regular season would turn out to be about 13, right? No, about 12, 11 or 12 home runs, right? So very down year with the home runs, but, you know, he's still one of the top, I'd say a top 10 free agent right now. The problem is Justin Turner's 36, right? And Justin Turner just came out and said he wants a four-year deal. He wants to be with the team until he's 40. And as a third baseman, I know he's been crazy consistent. He's the definition of consistency. But if I were any teams, I wouldn't give him any more than a two and a team option. That's my most. Two years on the books with a third year potentially. A third year maybe. You know what I mean? So we'll we'll definitely see what happens with um with Justin Turner. I don't see I don't see any team wanting to pay Justin Turner when he's 40. You know, father time catches up to everyone. You've guys like Tom Brady, who it's got not going to catch up to until you're very, very late, but it'll catch up to everyone. And finally, for the last piece of news we have today, this episode's been around 40 minutes long, which I like. I like that sort of life. The Mets have free interest in Brad Hand. And Brad Hand is still a very, 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 Good relief pitcher slash closing pitcher. In, I believe it was 2019, he put up 205. I don't think he pitched last year. Did he opt out? Um, I don't remember, but 
2.05 ERA with a .77 whip. For those of you guys who don't know what whip is, that means walks and hits per inning pitched. So for every inning pitched, it's, you know, he's giving up less than one batter per inning. And that is insane, right? Usually most guys are around the 1 to 1.5 range. To have a .77 is great, right? 22 innings pitched and 29 strikeouts. This guy is a strikeout machine, obviously averaging, I would think that's to about uh, 11 strikeouts per nine innings. This guy's great. The Red Sox could obviously use him if they had the money, but it's looking like the Mets are the leader in Brad Hands. And, of course, they did sign um, Trevor May, but Trevor May is nowhere near a closer. He will be in the he will be in the bullpen, and Brad Hand will be the last guy. Now, usually around this time in the episode, we would have our DMs of the week. But I don't know if I want to do DMs twice a week, right? There's going to be a lot of experimentation with this channel, a lot of different pieces moving here and there. I hope you guys will stay you know, true to what I'm trying to do, right? And if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any ideas that you want to give into the Pesky Pole Podcast channel or the Amateur Hour Sports brand in general, please, 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 please let me know. I am open to all suggestions. If there's somebody you would like to see on the show, who knows? I might even have fans on the show. You know, if I could get some fans on here and just talk with the fans and see what y'all like, I'd be more than willing to do that. You know, JT, I know you're out there, right? Sadly, there's no Patriots content anymore, but I still need a comment from you. I, I know you you say you watch Mondays, but if you can watch this episode too, that'd be amazing. I will get back to the DMs and I'll probably do them. And I'm, I'll, I'll consider what I'll do with the DMs, but they'll probably still be a once a week thing. Every Friday, you all will get a post on Instagram on my story asking what, um, asking random questions, you know, just random. I want to get to know you guys. And I think at the end of every episode, sadly, we will not have our RS takes anymore. And I don't want to try and copy RS takes, but I want to do one thing that I like, right? I don't really have one for today. I mean, it's gorgeous outside where I live in the middle of Tennessee. So that's maybe one thing. You know, there's a lot of things, but I really hope you guys do stick out with this channel. We're going to learn, right? I'm going to learn. I'm going to get some people in here that you guys want. Y'all won't be seeing a lot of me by myself, hopefully. And things are going to get tough. I'm going into my second semester of my senior year. I'm taking 10 classes next year. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be insane. But I'm going to find time to still make episodes and get them out every Wednesday and Sunday. Obviously, the Lord's Day at noon. So hopefully you guys stick with me through this journey. Like I said, it's going to be a lot different. Obviously, when you lose somebody and don't have somebody to back them up. It's going to, it's going to sting for a while. You know, it's going to be a lot different. You know, no one can replace Ari. Nobody that I bring onto this channel, right. Could replace Ari. And that's why I decided to go solo is because it's just not the same. Ari is one of the most funniest guys you will ever meet. If you guys ever get to meet him in person, like I said, I've known him since I was 10 years old. So, you know, it's going to be different, but I hope you guys do stick with me. I love you guys. God bless each you guys. And I will see you guys in the next one.